Welcome to the Prepare to Learn podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver. Here at Dane Lee. Uh, fix my headphones real quick. Just weren't sitting there very good. Um, yeah, today we're going to get into... Um, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Just um, So most people know, or if you're new, you might not know. Um, you know, I've been in this industry now for 12 years plus going on. About, yeah. Um, like specifically in the industry, like owning a, not, not as far as I should back up on that. Yeah. In case you don't know. Um, so like not as far as like owning a gym. So this gym's been open, um, since 2015. Um, so, you know, seven years in June, uh, as far as an official opening, um, I've had my, you know, business as far as training for, uh, longer than that. I mean, on my own, I, I left the guy that I was working for probably six months before that. So call it like seven and a half years that I've had basically like unrivaled strength kind of open. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I was, you know, doing it in that side facility before we moved into ours. But, um, you know, I've been training people for 12 years. Um, so I started off in the industry uh, pretty much like when I was in the military is kind of when it all started. So when I was training for special warfare, like I knew that, you know, I, I started to become more fit. I was very interested in it. And I'd always been an athlete and stuff, but like, you know, I'd, and I'd always like read the magazines and, you know, saw yeah. stuff that I could, whatever information was kind of out there, tried to whittle through the crap. You know, when you're a 16, 17 year old, you can't, you know, you don't know anything. Um, but then, you know, went off to the military, started kind of diving deeper into things, I guess I should say, as far as like trying to figure out nutrition, um, trying to figure out like just optimal ways to train for certain things, stuff like that. Started reading, um, the big thick NSCA book to become a personal trainer, all that stuff. Um, so while I was training, I started kind of being known as like the more fit guy in the command, um, to the point where, you know, we had over 3000 people in our command and I was the fittest guy in the command. So, Mm. um, people would come train with me. Uh, they knew like I was trying to go to special warfare and I got accepted in and all that stuff. So you would get guys together that were maybe trying to go or got accepted in or, um, you know, just wanted to get better. And, you know, I, I learned from some of them little things they learned from me. And I started to realize like I liked kind of helping people, even if it was that capacity of like bringing them with me on workouts and like trying yeah. to get them better. Um, you know, so I, I realized like that was a motivating thing for me. Uh, so started, you know, started to study up on it. Long story short, get out of the military. Um, so I started training people and this is kind of like, I mean, I guess I'll start with the past of the industry then since we're going through this. Yeah. Um, So I started training people kind of wherever I could, like it started with like people I knew, you know, I'd go to their, I'd go to their gym. We'd go to the parks to work out. They'd come to my house and do like various things. Um, I remember some of them lived in apartments that had gyms tied to their apartments. We'd go just do things in there, you know, just kind of wherever I could just get in, get my feet wet, learn, you know, about people's bodies and things like that. And that was the first time I actually like started charging people for what I was doing. Right. So, um, started off there and then I went kind of build up a little bit 
And I knew I needed to get into a gym. That way I had access to more people. So now for everyone who doesn't understand, this is pre like internet, really. I mean, there were some people, you know, doing the Instagram thing already. There was people, you know, kind of on Facebook and could connect and stuff. But unless you were like in magazines, like big name in the industry, no one knew who the fuck you were, you know? So it, it was completely different times. Um, I'm trying to remember the first time that I saw somebody having something of like a business from their own posting on Instagram yeah. when it came to like being a coach yeah, or just I'll, being a I'll promoter. get into like when I, cause I came, I kind of like saw it all starting to really change, evolve. you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, then I, I got into a gym, started working there, um, ended up working my way to becoming the fitness director of this guy's go, he owned two gyms. I was a fitness director of, uh, basically the whole thing, both gyms. Um, we more so worried about the, um, <clears throat> the other gym that had like the group training and it was a bigger gym and things like that. Um, so that was kind of where I started to build up my name a little bit. Um, you know, and I was going to college for exercise science during that time. And, you know, I had been certified in multiple things, you know, all that, you know, all the credential crap, you know, um, that doesn't really mean anything to be honest, <laughs> you know, looking back at it, but, um, so, you know, then I evolve into owning my own gym. Right. And if you become a successful gym, that's even better. Right. At the time, most people in the industry were getting out of the industry. So what I mean by that is I know uh, at this point, no one that is still in the industry that used to be there when I was there, right? Um, most people get out of the industry because there was no money in it that unless, you know, you ended up making it to owning your own gym. Um, it's hard to sustain a life with, you know, the amount of time, time you need to train people and all that stuff. Now it's not to say there isn't people in it. Cause I've since met people that have been in for 15, 20 years, you know, and things like that. Um, but that was pretty much the way it went As you became a trainer, you got your name out there and, and hopefully gained a lot of clients. And then maybe you worked your way up to being able to go get your own little facility or, or open your own big gym. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, most gym owners that I knew about at the time already came from some sort of money or made their money somewhere else to become a gym owner. You, you, you didn't see a ton of people just kind of working up to building that. Right. Um, now it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because a lot of like the, places I tried to model mine off of that I saw around the country, they kind of did that same thing. They were all coaches before they became gym owners or still coached while they were gym owners. Right. So, you know, the way it used to be is like you would do in-person training and you would have to develop skills as far as people skills, communication skills, ability to fix things, ability to think on the fly and, solve a problem if there was one um working with a wide range of people to be able to gain knowledge as far as like you know i didn't start off working with like specifically athletes or 
people that wanted to do higher level stuff, like go on stages and things like that. You know, I started off by working with pretty much, you know, gen pop people that were of all ages. Right. And I had some people that, you know, want to do sports or, um, you know, then not too far in, I had people that wanted to go on stages and things like that. So of course, like I took that opportunity, like they were pretty much beginner level at what they were trying to do. You know, I wasn't like an overly high level of coaching yet anyway, but I felt like I knew I could get them to where they need to be. And Mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing. Um, now looking back, like I didn't know even close to, um, what I know now, what I, you know, then I didn't, I didn't know what I know now. Like I look back and it's like, uh, I probably fucked up some things. I was a dumb, <laughs> dumb ass here and there. And like stuff just, um, it's the name of the game. And, and it was minor stuff that ends up being a big deal, but you don't realize it. Right. Right. Um, so that was kind of how it used to be is like, you know, you had in-person, uh, training and you, you had to, have some sort of personality or else people just didn't fucking train with you. Right. Um, but there were some things that were no different back then. Like everyone thought their trainer was the best trainer in the world and no one's better than this person, you know, and all that stuff. Um, and then you kind of come to find out later when they go to somewhere else that it wasn't the case or whatever. Um, but you know, kind of fast forward and we'll bounce around a little bit here. You know, now we're coming into this time in the industry, and this started changing uh, big time just a few years ago, about 2017, 2018. Um, a lot more people started doing online training. A lot more people started becoming trainers. And um, I explain this to some of the young people all the time is like, you know, when I just a few years before that, I remember if you checked into a gym or said you were working out or post a video or, you know, post a picture or something. It was like, um, lightweight made fun of like people would that, that were, you know, gem pop people were, it was like a joke, like, Oh, did you go to the gym today? Or, mm-hmm. Oh, did you work out? Or they'll like kind of mock whatever you did or whatever. Um, and now it's cool to work out. It's a fad in a sense. And is like, it a fad to work out or a fad to post? It's a fa- well, it's it's a little bit of both. So it's it, it's a cool thing to be want to be fit, and that's why you see a lot of people in their late teens, early twenties that want to do it, mm-hmm. and then they dry out, and you never see them do anything ever again after that, mm-hmm. um, because they do it for the attention, and not for the actual fitness, right? So, yeah. um, basically, like you know, we came up during this time when we were in fitness because we loved it because we wanted to become better. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we wanted to help people. Now we're turning into this culture. Um, and I'm going to generalize. So you have to understand that it's not speaking for every single person in the industry, but there's becoming this culture of, attention seeking wannabe or not wannabe even high level attention seeking people in fitness now work with me here and let me get through this all right we're becoming a highly um 
marketing devoted industry, which is no different than how it used to be. It's just on a different scale, right? Yes. So it used to be like, oh, that guy has shredded abs. He probably knows what he's talking about. He might, he might not, mm-hmm. right? My brother had shredded abs um, and then he didn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like um, he was jacked, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure if he kept lifting uh, for, you know, whatever, through his 20s, he probably would have been about the same way, yeah. you know, and ate decent and all that stuff. Like that was pure genetics. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that like, yes, he was an athlete. Yes, he worked out, but I worked out way more than him. <laughs> like I worked out hard in the off season and yeah. stuff. And I was never, I never had that same look. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, the thing is, is that we see this false marketing almost, or how well can you market to gain clients rather than what you know anymore? It, that's yeah. almost obsolete. Right. Because now you're able to regurgitate what people say online and make it sound like your own original thought. Like I make fun of squat university all the time to people and like, I don't follow them or anything, but they always mm-hmm. pop up on my stuff. Like squat university posts all this, this stuff. And I watch people share it and people, you know, send it to me or, um, you know, tag or whatever. And I'm glad squat university is using their platform to put this stuff out there. But guys, like this is stuff that we've all known for a very, 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 very long time. Right. Like they're putting out rudimentary stuff that we've said to our clients for years. Right. But if squat university with whatever million followers they have says something, Oh, let's like it. Let's share it. Let's do all that. Someone that much more valid, someone with lower level followers says it, who gives a fuck. Right. So that's a, that's kind of where we're getting at is like a lot of stuff that gets shared, bounced around, Mm -hmm. thrown out. Like, that's stuff that we're all like everyone's saying that everyone's been saying that like the, if you're sharing that stuff, it means that you just haven't been studying up or you haven't been connected to the right people because that is basic level shit that constantly gets shared. So, so people will take and they'll take a, a generic idea um, like, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, kind of eating more and not eating less and being less. Okay. I've noticed that like, maybe it's because I've talked about it that all of a sudden, like it's algorithmically showing up on my stuff more, mm-hmm. but, um, weird how that works. Yeah. But I've started to notice, or maybe I'm just noticing it more cause I've mentioned it. I don't know, but I'm seeing people talk about this and it's like, everyone has the same post about it. Everyone has the same story about it. And it's like, Literally, I, I bet I can find links to, it's almost like a copy and paste method, you know, mm-hmm. and it becomes this thing where you post some picture, you post regurgitating information that someone else has said a million times, mm-hmm. and it's all now about your own image to whether or not you're going to get followers, whether or not you're going to get, let me put it this way, you you can associate to an extent clients with followers. Like if you have a 50,000 person following, a hundred thousand person following, you have a big greater pool to pull clients from right. than someone, um, with a thousand followers. Right. Like usually if you only gets like, yes. say 10% yeah. of the people. Now it is a bigger pool, but it's not always true because I have as many clients as people I know with 50,000 followers. So like, right. 
you, there are it, exceptions it's, to it's it. not just instant you know instant okay but you know the more people they get connected with and, and a lot of times it's low level people let's be real right so mm-hmm. um you throw up a picture of whatever and maybe that person binds with it because that's what they want to look like maybe it's the message that you regurgitated from someone else that they like and all of a sudden boom i like it i comment on it i ask how much your training is i train with you whatever right so i mean you see things like i'm i'm going to target so many different areas so if i don't get offended or get offended i don't really care um and it, it goes through everyone so you know i saw like the other day someone posting about like this person i've followed them for years right and they are naturally fit person okay in a sense um they're gen pop they have like a nice figure to them genetically because okay. they've looked the same give and take for years right okay and they're still young enough to look that way all right <clears throat> and they talk about like that their devotion to like running and doing a waist trainer is what gives them their figure but what it, yes <laughs> and like their diet and all this stuff there are parts of the body and I'm not going to specifically name, but let's just say a female part of the body mm-hmm. um, parts that can give you a figure look. Those don't come from fitness to an extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like you, you have this certain look to you that you're trying to sell that it came from fitness and it didn't. Now, this is no different than models before that used to sell a brand or yeah. a whatever, right? But there, there's not really a lot of fitness there. It's you're able to maintain a genetic look that you have mm-hmm. and you're slightly building a little bit. But some people take that to the next level and they make that sound like it's so achievable for someone that doesn't even have close to the same genetic build as you, right? right? That's like me, you know out here um if i was the size of like or i had the genetics of um um trying to think of like someone that's not insane well just take like a phil heath or something okay all right now obviously like these guys push some shit right but that's like you know phil heath coming out and saying yeah bro you can look like me one day like you just gotta lift and eat and put put your mind to it and devote to it okay if i took as much shit as i could humans humanly possibly do without dying Mm -hmm. um eat constantly slept perfect i would never be to that level that is a whole other ball game right right and it goes to with everything else too like you know some of these guys that are even on the let's bump it down to like a classic physique look, you okay. know, where it's more of like, um, almost like the old build of like Arnold in them. Right. Okay. It's like to attain that, like there's certain factors that have to happen. And I'm not saying those guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Cause you know, a lot of people on that level do have a sense of what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's not what I mean. You know, I, what I mean is taking someone with a genetic look that is able to build a little bit and then saying like, okay, well, you need to buy this for me and do my training and And you'll you'll look look like this. You know, it's kind of like the old Katie Hearn effect when Katie Hearn, you know, sold a a image basically Mm -hmm. of you can have, you know, glutes like mine and this and that, you know, for a price of $200 a month and, you know, all this shit and everyone ate it up and they still eat it up. Mm -hmm. Right. As long as you've got the genetics and I'm, and I'm not saying like, that uh, uh, maybe her programs worked for a couple people. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Got them off the couch. Got them motivated. Okay, cool. You know, but I have taken people from those kind of places. You know that ke- that that did those programs, and they come in, and you just see how screwed up everything is, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not. It's 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 both male. It's female. It's both ends of the spectrum that we're, we're pushing, you know, now you, I saw someone the one day basically knock the, and I get it. Like if you have an upper level page, I guess, but like they were like knocking their own posts because they had to take a picture on their phone rather than using a fancy camera. And it's like, is that really what we fucking come to is like, you have to take a highly edited picture to even be able to post it to be able to market. Well, you know what I mean? And it's like, I understand the whole content thing. I get that. And I get being able to market your shit. Right. Like a level of professionalism that comes with it. Understandable. But you have people that have been coaches for a year, two years that have only been working out for three years, you know, that want to take on, you know, 50, 60, 70 clients that have no business training people, that many people online, especially like you've never worked with someone in person. You've never been there to fix the issue, you know, but you think you can do it online because you think because you watch someone's videos over here that talks about fixing this issue with this cue and blah, blah, blah that you can go in and coach and fix that yourself. Never had seen it in person and fixed it in person. Right. You now think that you can do it online with each individual person. Cause remember everyone's going to move different. I think, okay, let me come back a little bit. One of the interesting things that I watched happen is that it was the first time I think in the fitness industry where you had people who had access to one way in one way or another to say 50,000 to a hundred thousand followers almost instantaneously. It's not, Hey, I'm going to write this article. I'm going to put it out a magazine. Let's see how many issues get purchased. It's not, um, I'm going to put this article on like when blogs and everything started becoming popular, you yeah. saw people start to like athletes and coaches, they like, put templates up of like, this is what I do. Yeah. Or this is what I encourage. You even had some people that were buying them, but there wasn't a big market. Then all of a sudden, over the course of like the five to 10 years, it explodes where you have people who have hundreds, hundreds of thousands, if not like million followers. But because of that, now you have this very diverse market of you've got this percentage down here. They might pay you 10 bucks a month. So if you can give them something, yeah, 
that they're willing to do that, they'll take it. Yeah. You've got this high end over here where they really trust you and they're going to pay you 200 a month. Yeah. And it's everything in between. Yep. So now it's more about the marketing for the business aspect than it is about helping in any way. Yeah. So I'm going to give a product to every single price range. Yeah. Along there, even though I have no business giving well, any product at all. In the model, like it, the, you're describing the model, mm-hmm. you get as many people to follow you as possible, as many you know people in mm-hmm. your circle as possible, and then you create as many tiers as you can within that right bubble. And then you pull from them as many revenue streams as possible. Correct. So you start, you know, with your training, then you do apparel, then you do subs, then mm-hmm. you do um, templates, then you do uh, clothing line, like separate clothing line. Mm-hmm. Then, you, you know what I mean? Like, yep. then you invent cars. I don't know. Like, you literally, <laughs> like, you just keep expanding it like that. And that's no different than other business models, right? right. Um, Apple. You know, what, how many, how much shit does everyone deal with a day? That's, you know, if you have all the connectivity, that is an Apple product, right? Yeah. So same thing, but just on a different scale, different industry. But the thing is, is that you see this go on where right now, the big thing that's starting to keep coming around is like a lot of template stuff a lot of Mm -hmm. um some people are creating different apps and things and and great you know gonna help some people why the fuck are some people creating apps though to quote-unquote help people when i know for certain through multiple people Mm -hmm. you can't even get back to your individual clients why the fuck you create an app oh wait because you don't have to deal with people if it's an app. If it's an app. You don't have to get back to them really. Yeah, right. Semi passive income that comes yep. along with it unless you're Here you go. Here's your app. Here's your template. Here's your whatever for twenty five, thirty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. But uh my person like <laughs> my personal individual clients text me, email me constantly, you know, I hear the same shit about the same people, mm-hmm. you know, not getting back to their clients at all. Or you know, them literally messaging them like, Hey, I'm in the gym. You still haven't sent my program after they already reminded them, you know? So it's like, if you're going to create these passive things, you damn well better have your individual stuff. So time consuming that like you can't help everyone. So you need those things. Right. Right. Um, the problem is is that, and I, and I sent this letter out, to my clients not long ago about um, just respecting time, you know, make sure you're trimming your videos, making sure you're asking questions that are relevant to the training at the time, not overanalyze. Like, cause I was starting to get books every day mm-hmm. about off the wall stuff. Right. And you could tell they didn't try to study it at all themselves. Right. And so I sent out a letter and I basically said like, you know, a lot of you guys don't understand because you're, you're not in that world of coaches. Like you guys get a lot of feedback. You get a lot of attention versus, you know, other coaches out there that you guys all might look up to, or you might follow, or you might, whatever I can promise you, you're not getting as much feedback as I give you. You know what I mean? If you Mm -hmm. were coached by them, they might not even get your program out on time. And you're constantly seeing this from the same 
fucking coaches over and over and over again. But damn, you know, are they good at marketing? Yes. You see this you see people doing the same programming over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And I've always said this like if the programming works and if it's at a certain point in training, yes, you can have multiple people on the same programming at the same time. Um but if they're paying for individual, it should be individual one. If it's going to be, I've, I've tested this before and I've told people flat out like, Hey, you and so-and-so and this person, you guys are all going to be on the same program for a couple months. I generally did this with like some bodybuilding clients or like okay. more gen pop people. And I let them know, like, I want to kind of see some things cause I was nerding out, you know, and I want to see what's the differences, right? You got an experiment. Group. Um, Let's see what happens. And, and if they're willing to accept that, then cool. Mm-hmm. But I would never want to be in that situation where they're like, Hey, you're, you're doing Wait the same minute. thing I'm doing. And, you yeah. know, so I always kind of let them know, like if I was going to do something like that, that like, Hey, you guys are going to be on the same program. Let's see what happens. I just, you know, just is what it is. How mm-hmm. else are we going to know if I don't have some test subjects? Right. And, um, you know, people are sometimes willing to do that, but you know, you see like, it, you know, everyone has Instagram now. Everyone posts their stuff up. Right. You know? So it's like, you you know when people are doing like not one of my clients ever has the same program like my individual clients mm-hmm. like uh my competitors and stuff powerlifters for example mm-hmm. not one of them will ever have the same program sure they might do the same lift on the same day mm-hmm. you know a couple of them might have some high bar squats that's a common thing you know mm-hmm. some of them might be doing safety bar fairly common thing right mm-hmm. but you'll never see the exact uh, if it if it is, it'd be a complete coincidence. Yeah, you won't see them have the same exact main movement, same reps, same percentage style or weight style. Well, that I don't even run percentages. I tell them the exact weight to do, or I do an RPE. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll always see that they'll do that in. You know, secondary will be different, mm-hmm. and all the accessories are different because it's purpose driven. Yes. It is never just a one size fits all model. Right. Um, but the irritating thing is that like it's becoming so driven about how many clients can I have so I can boast about how many clients I can have. And then that will get me more clients because then everyone thinks that I have a lot of clients. So then they want to work with me because I have a lot of clients and it becomes that perpetual cycle where you, you have to market it that way almost Mm -hmm. to gain more people or whatever, because everyone is jumping to the fad coach of the, the moment. Right. There's coaches that a couple of years ago were big coaches. I don't even know anyone that trains with them right now. Like not, I follow that. a lot of lifters, you know? Um, and the thing is, is that I have been getting for a while now, whether it's nutrition or programming athletes that are coming from these, you know, quote unquote, top tier, high level coaches. And, I'm seeing deficiencies or problems that are so simple to fix. I don't automatically blame the coach. I blame the athlete at first. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what's, uh, what am I getting into here? What's this athlete doing wrong? You know, but then once I see it starts to can easily be managed, I start blaming the coach then. And then ultimately you should blame the coach anyway, because you shouldn't have worked with this person for a year or two and these things not be addressed. Right now I have hard clients that, you repeatedly say something and it's not getting fixed. 
you change up cues. It might get fixed for a little bit, and then they revert back. Yeah. You, you know, I get what that's like. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard because you constantly drill it and drill it and drill it and drill it, and they, you know, and then happen. you start to blame. Like I blame myself when that happens. Like, man, yeah. what am I doing wrong? So I always try to find a different cue, different way, different, you know, and try to fix it. But some people, it's just it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. And we've all coached people like that, but. Typically, you shouldn't see like, I mean, I'll have people that come to me and it's like within three weeks, four weeks, like it looks completely different and mm-hmm. things are moving better. How's that possible? But um, I want to come back to the yeah. comment you made about like Apple and not to use them specifically, but that I concept of they end up creating products based on where they see the market um, going, like the potential for it. Mm-hmm. So it's innovating with where the market moves. Yeah. With always kind of like the core principle, but not just Apple, any industry that is set up in a way where you have some kind of barrier of entry. Yeah. There is no barrier for entry when it comes to fitness on Instagram. It's make an account and then just promote. Right. And anybody can do the same level of promotion. Sometimes you pay for advertising or more marketing spread, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. But if you have enough time, you can do the same amount of marketing on Instagram or social media that every other coach or expert or whatever can do. So now everybody from the very beginning can look at, hey, what did that guy or that girl do? What did that company do? Oh, they have seven flows of income coming from their 500,000 followers. Yep. I'm going to do those seven. Let me see how quickly I can get to where I can get seven different sources coming in not hey let's build a following based on quality and competency and then see where the market goes and then i'm going to move with it and then provide a need yeah or provide an answer to a need there's none of that yeah and and that's the like you said the the no no to low barrier of entry is the problem Mm -hmm. so you can't just go start a tech company yeah and i've i've seen this with people like i went to high school with or you know, whatever, that didn't do shit. And then all of a sudden at 30 years old, they want to start selling products and be a fit coach or whatever mm-hmm. because they lost 20 pounds. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that's a, that they don't understand. That's like a, that's like a fucking slap in the face yeah. to people who have been in this industry forever and put in the time and the effort and the work. Right mm-hmm. now, here's the thing. If you're a no name coach, I was a no name coach i'm still in the fuck i'm a no-name coach still. <laughs> like you know <laughs> grand scheme of things like what's someone with three million followers know about me nothing right um but you know the thing is is like if you become a coach that starts off and you've been working out forever or whatever and you become in hey year one you just blow it out of the water you're getting experienced people you're getting them strong you're mm-hmm. getting people, getting them shredded, Jack, whatever, bro, you know, yeah. whatever the hell the goal is, right? And you're knocking it out of the park and like you consistently do that over time. Then there ain't shit anybody can say. You're just a good coach mm-hmm. and you did what you needed to do. Good job, right? So I'm not knocking every coach that's been like in this for two years and like, oh, like I've been in it longer so you don't know shit because that's not true either, right. right? There are people that have been in this for a few years that are fucking great coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Um some people that have been in it for a little too long and yeah. got better. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Like, um, 
there's there's plenty of people that I can think of that have been in this for an extended period of time that still haven't like they're they're still fucking up basic stuff, right? Because they've mm. never worked to get better, right? So you know, like I always I can use myself as an easy example. I can use like Lindsay because I've seen you know I've seen all this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can only use like sometimes what I've seen in, in person, but like put it this way. Someone came and signed up for the gym the other day and they were signing up and I, I vaguely remember them, you know? Okay. And um, they were here just a couple years ago and maybe it's cause pandemic years are like 10 years, but um, <laughs> you know, it's just a few years ago yeah. and <sighs> signs up for the gym. And he's like, yeah, he's like, um, I remember you used to do a little bit of programming for me. Like, is that still an option? Are you still doing that or, you know, whatever. And like I said, well, yeah, but like, I'm, you know, I'm only taking on certain clientele right now. Like, um, I might have to refer you to my other coaches or whatever. I I felt bad. I didn't even fucking remember. I worked with this guy like, and I looked back and it, like it, it, I worked with them for, you know, a few months or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's like, that's how many people I've worked with in my life that I forget from just a few years people ago. that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I almost like, Oh yeah, I worked with them before. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like one of those, Oh moments because there's, it's hard to remember that many people. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can call it fucking whatever you want. I don't really give a shit. Like, when when you get to working with as many people as I have, and that's not coming from just like online shit, right? Mm-hmm. I've only in the past few years tried to push more for online, right? Yeah. I have always gotten referrals for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. I've never had to really worry about my Instagram marketing I've never, you know, done, you see the marketing for the gym. I don't like blow it up or anything. I'm right. not knocking it out of the water. That's actually like the thing I'm probably the worst at. And I don't, I've, I haven't had to for years go out of my way to go pull clients in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even when someone talks to me and I, they're working with someone else and I know that their shit's fucked up. I don't ever try to scheme and pull them. Right. They'll come if they trust me and they want to get rid of their coach and and all that. Right. So for me, it's about quality of coaching, reputation of coaching, right? You don't need to have 30,000 followers. You don't need to go, you know, I know sex sells and stuff, but you don't need to go post half naked pictures, whether you're male or female, you know, take mine down. Yeah. Go, go take your thong shots down. (laughs) Um, you don't have to do all these things to get attention, to be known as a quality coach and to gain a following. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's where I feel like a lot of things are heading is people feel obligated to overly share personal stuff yes to share too much of their body whether they want to do it or not Mm -hmm. you know this obligation to regurgitate information and put stuff out there um that like i mean honestly like some of the stuff that i could post up you know put out there is stuff i tell my clientele anyway if you want to know hire me (laughs) like that you know what i mean because If I post something up, a lot of my clientele is going to be like, yeah, he's told me that like 20 times, you Mm -hmm. know? 
Um, because that's the coach I am is I put that information to them. I have multiple videos right now that my clients have seen that no one, no one's ever seen. Mm -hmm. I don't put it on IG. I don't, you know, post it up or anything because it's for them. It's for them to get better. Right Right. now. Sure. That'd be cool if it helps someone else. I want to do that. Right. You know, okay. Got it. But I don't feel the need to be content. So content driven. Yeah. You know, I have other things to focus on, you know, like that. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand is like, yes, you need to market a little bit online. That is where the industry is heading. Right. But if your model is to solely base everything off of just posting online and trying to get a following and blow that up, you're missing out because I know trainers down the road making $70,000 a year that don't do any online at all. See. They're fucking charging $75 an hour and they're constantly booked, you know? So, um, you, you gotta, I can think of one or two that barely have a Facebook account, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Dan Bell made it 20 years in this industry without, uh, ever <laughs> having a following. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's known around the country among the coaches, um, as a high level coach. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just sounding old school to some and you know, it is what it is, but that I guess, you know, the big thing is I'm seeing very low level people become coaches that can't even become fit themselves. And I want to give some the benefit of the doubt that they might have an issue that they can't become fit, um, more fit than what they are. Um, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they, they might know something. Right. But at some point you got to have, you got to kind of look the part, be the part as well. So, um, for example, I, saw a page the other day this girl was probably 135 pounds tops okay uh at a moderate height tiny bit of muscle tone mm-hmm. right um and they were posting a lot of content talking about strength training and okay. you know being strong they're squatting, you know, 135 for some reps. And you could tell, you know, in the one post, it was talking about how, like, since starting my strength, tra- my fitness journey a year and a half uh, the ago, journeys. the journey, yep. Year and a half ago, well, well, well back up. Sorry. So you're started a year and a half ago. You're a year and a half into your journey. Talking about strength training. Squatting 135 for some reps. Your technique isn't great, but you're talking about making posts about technique. She was regurgitating information that she was pulling from other pages. And you could tell by some of the depth of it that she wasn't even doing herself that she hasn't done. (laughs) Like you Mm -hmm. haven't experienced it enough. Have you ever had a sticking point? You know what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to get to. We need to quit. And this person had like 20,000 followers and I'm sure they have clients, you know, we need to stop with, with that shit. What you have, you haven't even started to be strong or strength train really yourself. Who are you trying to train? 
you know, mm-hmm. you haven't even done your own work yet. Where's your education? You know, where's your, where's your, if you're, if this is your journey, why didn't it start four years ago with a proper education through whatever school or whatever mm-hmm. technical degree or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, where is your, show your work. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's what I want to say to people, and it, and it, and I hate to knock like okay, I'm picking on you know the female. I can do the same thing for a guy because yeah. I see it constantly. You know, the guy gets uh, half ass strong, you know, and all of a sudden he wants to be a coach at 19 years old and all this stuff. Hey, great! If you think this is what you want to do for the next 20, 30 years, and you want to start at 19, go get them, bro. Mm-hmm. But you don't know a fucking thing. At 18, 19, 20 years old. And I can promise you, I don't care what you've read on the internet. I don't care what you, you how long you've been working out and all that. Mm-hmm. I can promise you at, you know, these 20 year olds hiring 20 year olds as your coaches. That's why you come into my gym and I sit there and I fix your stuff and I can instantly fix your lift within two, three cues. It took me two, three minutes to change your entire lift that now I watch you on Instagram lift way better over that one fucking cue, right? Your 20 year old coach has been working with you for six months. You know what I just thought? Years ago when I worked at a place in Twinsburg, the guy who owned it, who was my boss, and like I've said it before, he was brutal with his critiques. Just fucking brutal. Yeah. And that in one way, that's like a process of like, you're basically running the gauntlet. You have to earn your continual work there. Like prove that you can learn what he wants to give you, prove that you can take that critique and then turn it into something. There is no process of like just hard work in order to determine that you are qualified. There is no hardship when it comes to online training. Yeah. There's none. There is no one looking over your shoulder going, you're wrong. Yeah. Like, when you are a yeah. coach in someone else's gym, they need you to do it right in order for them to continue making money. Yeah. And the more they need it right, the harder it or is. It, or at least be part of a training system, you know, where another coach is overseeing what you're doing yeah. on your online stuff, you know. Like, hey, double check says reps on this one. Yeah. That might not be the best RP you yeah. go with blank, you know, yeah. all these different things. You get corrected. Yeah. Like that is. The thing is, is if you get one coach that's so-so teaches lifter, that lifter becomes so-so coach Mm -hmm. to another and it just repetitive cycle on down. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't expect someone to come out the gate and just know it all. You know, I'm still, I still learn shit all the time from other coaches, you know, other people. Um, and that's going to always continue to happen, but there needs to be a higher barrier point of entry, but there won't be because people see, people want the lifestyle of, and and let me tell you, they think it's glamorous. They want the lifestyle (laughs) until they want to sit at home. They want to be able to work from anywhere and just, they think that it's going to be like, oh, I just answer my clients online and repost some stuff. And then I do some programs at home, you know, during the week or at the end of the week or whatever. No, when you get to having more clients, you have to give up time every single day and 
on your weekends, you have to be able to spit their programs back out. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be working on Fridays, Saturdays, you know, maybe Sundays or whatever to turn around and get programs back out. You have to analyze stuff. You will give up your time to go travel, to go to their meets. You will give up your time to, to get back to them on their critique. Like you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden there's, you know, a dozen messages and emails and things that you have to break down technique and make sure it's all right. The problem is, is a lot of these coaches don't give as much feedback as they should be giving. So it's all about dollars coming in give as little as I can. And then, you know, they stay with X coach because of whatever name that that coach has until they realize that this coach isn't helping them anymore. Right. And then they usually switch. Um, now we always say, that's not to say there's going to be a cue every day and a book every day and all that stuff. Right. Um, you can't <laughs> keep repeating the same things, but at the same time, like if lifter isn't really learning lifter wants to be a coach or you know should say client because you know people are coaching other things client wants to become a coach but they haven't really learned anything from you and you're their you're their only education that and instagram mm-hmm. that's why we're in this cycle right and this whole like I'm watching people that fuck up their own journeys that want to coach people. You got to fix yourself before you can fix other people. Do you think they want to do that as a way to like distract them from the fact that their journey is messed up? Like, Hey, I think, I think people think they're further along than what they are yeah, or at a higher level than what they are or have overcame more than what they think they have. Mm -hmm. I see it all the time from people at a peer fit that they think that nutrition works a certain way when it actually does it. They think that programming works a certain way when it really, that's not how it works. Right. Right. And, um, they don't understand that because they just don't simply, they, they just don't know enough. Right. Mm -hmm. They haven't seen enough bodies. They haven't worked with enough people. They haven't, you know, all they know is maybe themselves and what worked for you might not work for the next person. It's probably not going to work for the next person. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't fucking know. And, that's what you see is people that something worked, mm-hmm. but they couldn't tell you what it what it was that worked. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the answer will ever be, but the consumer just has to start getting smarter about it. You know, that's might and, be a big ask. And that, yeah, that's never going to happen.